Hard to Believe is proud to be a part of the Cage Club Podcast Network. For more of this and other great shows, head to cageclub.me. If you want to get in touch with me, you can send me an email at john at cageclub.me, or you can find me on Twitter at probablyrealjb. That's P-R-O-B-A-B-L-Y-R-E-A-L-J-B. The show is written, produced, and edited by me. If you're a regular listener of the show, you've no doubt heard me discuss the ways in which conspiracy theories and anti-Semitism are virtually inextricable. For more on that, go back and listen to our episodes on the origins of QAnon or the one we did about the protocols of the elders of Zion. Recently, that intersection has been thrust into the spotlight ever since the world's most visible and well-known conspiracy theorist, Alex Jones, hosted the rapper Ye on his show, in which Ye notoriously professed his love for Hitler and Nazis while rambling on about the Jewish cabal in Hollywood out to destroy him and, of course, all of us. The common link between Ye and Jones is Nick Fuentes, a young white nationalist influencer who has produced content on Jones's band.video platform, as well as having spoken alongside Jones on the rallies leading up to the January 6th insurrection. Exactly who is Nick Fuentes and how seriously should we take him? If you listen to my other show, 1999 The Podcast, you've already heard Amanda Moore on our Fight Club episode in which she spoke a little bit about her experience as an undercover MAGA acolyte. Amanda recently wrote about Ye and Fuentes for Talking Points Memo, so I asked her onto this show to shed some light on the new ideology of anti-Semitism currently being marketed to Gen Z. Amanda Moore is my guest today. I'm John Brooks, and this is Hard to Believe. recording this in a time when like it's just impossible to pick which devastating news story to follow <laughs> right now yeah. it's one we of those weeks we all have to have our thing you know <laughs> um, yeah. there's like 19 different mass shootings this week there's uh you know interesting new forms of or or a uh, uh, Police murdering a black person with a new spin. Uh, this week, you got the fact that the Russia hoax was not a hoax <laughs> at all, which we all knew this week. Um, and we have new new Nick Fuentes and yay developments. So uh, let's talk about those things. And why don't I, I, I know that I have a bunch of crossover listeners between the two podcasts that I do. But in case um, people don't know who you are, do you want to do your, your, your typical spiel intro? Yeah, sure. So my name is Amanda. Um, I went undercover um, in the far right during the pandemic. I had like a secret life in QAnon world and then another secret life in like a fascist Nazi world, like uh, the kind where you're like, we should be more like Nazi Germany. So like openly pro Hitler <laughs> at times. Um, they're also working with Congress. That's pretty cool. We love that for them. Um, mm-hmm. And and now I I and now I'm I'm doxxed. So now I'm just like a regular person, but with a lot of terrible <laughs> stories about my past. <laughs> uh, and now you're working on documenting a bunch of that stuff in different in different formats. Yeah. If any magazine editors are listening to this by any chance, please call me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Thank you. Mm-hmm. Um, are you are you you are working on a book actively? Is that? Yeah. Yeah. But it's like a memoir. So um, yeah. I think, you know, I'm going to try to I've been trying to put out some of the more newsy stuff. Um, in like article form because i think that is mm-hmm. more relevant than making someone suffer through learning about my childhood just to find out what nazis <laughs> are doing right now but it's very interesting everybody should buy it when it's out um absolutely so you uh had a piece this week in talking points memo um about the yay nick fuentes fiasco we're gonna hold people's hands i think through this one a little bit because <laughs> i i genuinely like Amanda. i don't know what other people listen to or like follow I, I i always kind of assume everybody is kind of consuming the same news that i am and i know that that's not true um yeah. when i when i talk to them so i'm just gonna kind of assume that like 
most people listening sort of maybe vaguely heard about the fact that Ye was saying I love Nazis on a program hosted by someone named Alex Jones, who they may have heard about because of Sandy Hook. And that might be the end of it. Um, and certainly kind of don't know who Nick Fuentes is. So let's guide them through it. And starting with this guy, Nick Fuentes, who's like 24. Is that he's right? 24. He seems like he's been he, he seems like he's been around forever. So I have um, archival footage of him back to 2015. So he has been active, uh, though he would have been thrown into most people's spotlights and, and mine. I mean, honestly, uh, after Unite the Right 2017. Right, right. Uh, okay, let's take let's, let's start at 2015 then. So that means how many years ago is that? Uh, uh, 300. Roughly. 300 years ago. So he's like 17, 18 years old in this, at this yeah. point. Okay. Yeah, so um, he was doing um, conservative or like libertarian-ish, um, uh, like not live streaming, but like, you know how like in high schools they have like it set up so they have like the little news programs and students can do that. Right. He was running that um, with a like conservative talk show um, or a libertarian talk show. So he's been, you know, he's got a lot of practice being on camera. He's quite good at it. Yeah, even though he's very annoying, but yeah. Well, it's he so funny it. because I can watch him without any problems, but then it's like Ollie Alexander comes on and I'm like, I want to die. <laughs> but Nick Fuentes has on like a seven hour stream. I'll put that thing on double speed and then let's go. <laughs> like, Wow. God bless you. Yeah. yeah. Everybody has their lane. You got what you can tell you. Um, and so then he went to Boston University um, where he like caused a bunch of controversy like out of the gate because he was saying like a bunch of racist stuff. And then he went to Unite the Right, but he wasn't. So he had a he had a show on rsbn um and it was called america first and it was the same kind of like setup he has now so he wears a suit and there's like the skyline behind him the city skyline and he ran that for rsbn and then mm -hmm. he did not go to the tiki torch march and this is why i maintain the last toxic thing if someone could do in this country was go to the tiki torch march because dick foot doesn't <laughs> go and then he had dinner with donald trump so <laughs> So he, right. he, and I know he didn't go because he had a show that day. And then he went from Chicago or wherever he was, Boston to Charlottesville. Um, and he was there for Unite the Right for the march itself. Um, okay. And obviously, like, all hell breaks loose. He ends up dropping out of school and he does his live streaming full time. He partners up with this guy named James Alsop, who was older than him, but not by much. Alsop was able to get elected into an actual GOP position in Washington state. So what the far right neo-Nazi like live streamers would always say is there can be one of me, you know, like the kingpin who's openly saying, you know, I love Hitler and doing like uh, Roman salutes, but there can be 10,000 James Alsops that infiltrate uh, GOPs and get elected. And he did. He did. He was successful with that. But before he before that, he was also like running the YGOP and the Ron Paul Club or the Rand Paul Club at his school. I'm Ron Paul. He's much younger than me. So he's a Rand Paul. <laughs> right, um, right, right, right. I was right. a big Ron Paul girl back in back in my libertarian days. Um, and so so he's doing this with also It gets him a lot of credibility and clout. They part ways. He does his own thing. And uh, he's got a little army. He's got he's he's very personable. Live streaming makes people like parasocial lunatics. And yeah. uh, and now um, now he's having dinner with Donald Trump. <laughs> right. With a few steps in between there. Um, <laughs> but, they just but, grow up but, so yeah. fast. Yeah, I know they sure do. Um, I kind I, I do see what you mean. Like I I um, there's something about the way that he talks where it's like he's that annoying guy in your philosophy class but he talks kind of so fast and so kind of magnetically that there is something almost kind of hypnotic about the way that he presents himself. Whereas you have someone who is just as annoying and someone like Ali Alexander, but he's so drippy and like, uh, I don't know. There, there's no, there's no like, um, there's no energy behind it. Right. With oh. Nick Fuentes, there seems to be a real kind of, a real kind of passion behind what he's saying that has a kind of magnetic quality and it's very kind of Gen Z ish. Right. And I think that's a big yeah. part of your argument um, in, in the piece. Yeah. Yeah. It's, you know, it's a lot of people say, Oh, um, so in the piece I talk about when Jimmy Kimmel's trying to explain him to his audience, mm -hmm. he says, this guy's a lot of things. 
he's an insurrectionist. He's a white nationalist. He's a misogynist. But I think this clip, you know, sums him up best. And it goes to a clip of being of Nick being like, I'm an incel because having sex with women is gay. And like, right. Kim, audience is laughing at him, but he's making a joke. Like, it's funny. And it's like the same people who are like, I'm too old for TikTok. I don't understand TikTok. They're also like. I'm the Nick Fuentes understander and I know he's a loser. And it's like, uh, well, you know what? The humor on TikTok, <laughs> pretty similar, yeah. like that Zoomer humor. Um, so yeah, I don't, I don't know why people are like struggling to recognize that maybe they just aren't the target audience for Nick Fuentes. <clears throat> he's also like, so there was something called the Groyper Wars. <clears throat> so his following, they're all called Groypers after the, the Pepe frog. Um, and, Wait, and can you, was, can you so, so, hold on? Can you explain that a little bit more? Because like, I think that's, that's one of those esoteric things that both of us are like, yeah, we know what that is, but nobody else. I mean, you know, 99% of people maybe, maybe wouldn't. So just real quick, where does Groyper come from exactly? I'll bring it back to the culture. So Let's do everybody it. does remember when Donald Trump was inaugurated. One of the most disappointing days of my life. I was sitting on the corner where this happened. And then I walked away and went to a restaurant because I had to pee. I could have seen this live. Okay. Still bitter. Okay. Noted neo-Nazi Richard Spencer. Noted yeah. neo-Nazi or white nationalist, whatever you want to call him, Richard Spencer, uh, was wearing a little frog pen on his on his suit jacket. And he's being interviewed by an, I think, Australian outlet. And they were like, can you explain that little frog? He's like, oh, it's Pepe. And it's just a frog. It's a stolen cartoon. And they made it their, like, symbol. Yeah. And then as he's trying to explain it, some guy comes up and punches him in the face like twice. Yeah. It was awesome. Yeah. So that yeah. is the frame of reference. So you, you, most people do know Pepe, even if they don't know Pepe, because that was like, that was that moment. So it's just their little symbol. It's also used like on Twitch, like in normal chats, but it's all over 4chan. Um, and then uh, Groyper is just like a deviation of the Pepe. Um, yeah. And so they call themselves the Groyper Army. And they would go to mainstream conferences for students that Nick Fuentes was banned from. And they would ask, and they still do this. I've witnessed it myself when I was undercover. Ask extreme questions, trying to basically get his ideas out there or like draw attention to Nick Fuentes existing. And sometimes it's really subtle where they like say a reference to a conspiracy theory, but they say it positively. And so Mm -hmm. like, you know, people don't know. They just don't know. Um, what they're up against. Um, and so he's able to get people to like go out in, into the real world and do stuff like this. It's, you know, getting groped. <clears throat> it's happened to Dan Crenshaw. It's happened to Donald Trump Jr. Anybody he views as con Inc. Um, and, and I think part of that is like the thing about when someone live streams like Nick does. So you have all these other people who've done live streams in the past, but they're polished or maybe they, they don't do a live stream. Maybe they just make a YouTube video and they have a script. Yeah. Nick might have a script. I don't know. But he doesn't sound like he does. You know, even if he does, you know, he's like, that's good. True. Like, and that's like, what is good about him? And yeah, he yeah, will get emotional. I mean, if he's hungry, you're going to fucking hear about it. Okay. Over and over. He will talk about how he's hungry or how like this bad thing, something petty, you know, he'll just talk about his petty gripes. But like when people have their highs and lows, they say things and do things that they wouldn't do otherwise. And so you do kind of get to see his personality come through sometimes. And I think that's very, very endearing to people who watch the show because they feel like they have this like connection with him. Obviously, it's one-sided. Um, but the people who love him really, really love him a lot. Yeah. It's unfortunate. Yeah. yeah I, I'm reminded, I think, like, the most important thing for um, the uninitiated to understand about him is that there's a, there's a real connection here or sort of a, a common thread with him and Andrew Tate where – it's not as though people haven't been saying this bullshit before or that you can't access that same kind of um, rhetoric elsewhere. It's that the two, both Andrew Tate and Nick Fuentes, have a real keen understanding of the way that this new media and the the way that the audience processes that information, right? The way that that is um, most effectively used, right? People have said that Andrew Tate is like, just the best at doing this on TikTok, and that's sort of why he became a multi-bajillionaire, in addition to, like, you know, sex trafficking and all that other stuff. Um, <laughs> I mean, sex like, trafficking isn't funny, but yeah, you know. <laughs> right, right. But, but um, in terms of his, the loyalty of the audience, right, it's that, it's that it's not like what he's saying, it's the way that he's able to understand the way that new audiences sort of process that information. Um, and that's sort of what sets 
sets Nick apart, right, from from the billions of other fucking right wing neo Nazis out there with podcasts and live streams, whatever else, right? Yeah, yeah, and also like Nick used to be very into. So after Charlottesville, there was this shift where you know optics, and so Richard Spencer kind of like fell off after that, and uh, a lot of it was like, okay, well, you could be a wig nat. Um, and you can be someone who's throwing Roman, Roman salutes and embarrassing, and you can be getting swastika tattoos, or you can be like a regular person who's just like got those same beliefs on the down low. And that is like what Nick was very into optics. So he used to ban you from the chat if you would like post Nazi imagery or anything. Um, and obviously like, I think, uh, I mean, I think, you know, they would always talk about the Overton window moving. Yeah. And it, it obviously when you've got a billionaire hip hop artist uh, on your side, the Overton window is moved. <laughs> um, and right. so, you know, now like Nick is the stuff he used to hate, but uh, that was also like a big thing with them too, was making sure, you know, you didn't really say that stuff out loud. You could just allude to it. And it was effective because people are extraordinarily stupid, like effective <laughs> on the left. You know what I mean? Or it's like we yeah, had these yeah, debates, yeah. like endless debates, like, is this guy a white nationalist? And it's like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> what? Right. <laughs> like, are you How dumb? many times do you have to say it? <laughs> yeah. But he's Hispanic. How can he be a white nationalist? I'm just going to um, bash my face into the wall. <laughs> Yeah, and I think that so so we'll talk let's we'll talk about um the trajectory that Ye has kind of been on because I I think I'm still missing some pieces there. Um yeah. I, I think I have most of the picture, but like um I think what is like one of the things that you sort of are um alluding to a lot in in this piece that you wrote last week is that we have this very simplified view of what it is to be a white supremacist or a white nationalist or a racist or an anti-Semite or whatever. And that it's like hiding behind this, but he's black. And so therefore you have to take what we say seriously because a black person couldn't possibly be a racist. And it's like, well, again, there's another story this week uh, in the news that again people are like what how how did black cops kill a black guy and how can that be racism yeah it's like it who is freddie gray that never happened what is right that? right right. <laughs> right and it's it's like um I, I it seems that nobody seems to be able to unprocess this 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 element of white supremacy that white supremacists will use anything as long as it promotes their power and it's not really about I mean, skin color kind of plays into it, but if you can use a black person to promote white supremacy, you do it, right? And like, and that's and that's kind of, and even with Nick being half, or, you know, Hispanic or whatever, right? That's 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 he doesn't seem to care, and he goes on tons of anti-Hispanic tirades as as a as a white supremacist. But um, okay, so let, let, let's let's talk about Yay and 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 how this happened. So. Another one of the media narratives, right, is that Ye is just off his meds and he's just bipolar. And so we can just sort of be like, ah, he'll get back on his medication and it's all go away and it's not a big deal. And it, this is weird and tragic, but like no big deal. Um, because everyone is, who is bipolar becomes. Absolutely. Yes. yes. It's a well known fact. It's in a DSM. It's everybody knows. As you know, the as soon as you go off your meds when you're bipolar, you immediately become yeah. a Nazi. Um, and it's not to say that he's not, and he's admitted that he is, right? Because he's he he is being mind controlled by the Jewish uh, medical establishment or whatever, right? And that's why he's off. He his says meds. it's his superpower. Yeah, right. Bipolar is a superpower. Yeah, it's a Often, those two things can be true at the same time. Um, well, the Jewish doctors are controlling his superpower, you know, by right. giving him medication. Right. Like, right. 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 <laughs> this is why. Yeah. Longtime listeners of Nick Fuentes know what I'm talking about. He's been <laughs> dissecting this for years. <laughs> yeah. How did this happen? How did how did what like from your understanding of like how yay went from George Bush doesn't care about black people to I love Nazis um, within the span of 15 years? Uh, what happened? Wish I knew. Um, yeah. <laughs> it seems like it's been something that has been there a long, long time, you know, because there's now been reports that he wanted to, to name his albums way back after Hitler. And instead, they said no. So instead, he named it after himself, which is like, you know, if I'm ever like, 
I'm uh, writing a paper about somebody, Hitler, and then I like, oh, I can't do that. I'll write about myself. I think that's like a very <laughs> alarming uh, equation to make in one's that's mind. That's fair point. Yeah. <laughs> um, and he used to sell stuff with the Confederate flag on it. And he was like, oh, I'm doing it ironically. Um, so, but he still like cares about like black issues. So I actually don't really think that there is a difference because you'll hear him talk about, and a lot of what I know, like a lot of this um, is like, it's the same kind of thing where I'm like, oh, everybody has been following the Kanye stuff just like me. And it's like, no, obviously people haven't. But, you know, he did all these interviews and he'll talk about things like, um, oh, like they are like keeping Lizzo fat to keep making sure like black people aren't healthy. Like he'll say Mm. stuff like that. And it's like, that's the kind of thing where it's like, Nick is like, I don't really understand that or I don't know if I agree with it. But what that really just means is like, it's not, you know, if Lizzo was white, you know, like Nick would be like, yeah, they're like, they're, you know, happy they're like making her famous so that people like stay unhealthy and have seed oil or whatever conspiracy is, you know, of the day. So he still like has concerns um, about the black community. Um, And something that he's talked about too is like, He'll say, or he has said, I think Piers Morgan was probably the biggest platform he said this on. When I talk about like Black Lives Matter or whatever, he's like, you know, people who make over like, I can't repeat, he said like 100 grand or 500 grand. The number sounded too low for me, to be honest with you, because I'm from DC where um, a lot of people make over 100 grand and are still out protesting. <laughs> like my yeah. soul cycle instructor was out protesting for BLM. So I feel like, I feel like I. Well, I the think George Soros probably- money helps. Like that's, you know, that's, <laughs> right. that's it. Right, you get the check. Yeah. Soul cycle is also funded of George Soros. <laughs> um, everything is. Right. It's a big conspiracy. Famously. Yeah. Famously. Um, but like, uh, you know, he'll be like, people that make a lot of money, like, don't care about that. Like, basically, he'll be like, they care about the Jews. And so, um, you know, I think he's like, got concerns about keeping the black community down. But he's also like, happy with like, structural systems because he's rich. I mean, he's like, that's what it is. That's what rich people are like, no matter what race they are. Um, you know, it's like class solidarity over anything else. Also just who you talk to. You don't talk to regular people when you're a billionaire. (laughs) Um, so I, I don't know. It seems like he's always had this fascination with it and it's just become more and more focused. And that's true. I think for a lot of people, right? Like Kanye is just doing something on a, a larger stage that a lot of people have done. Um, you know, as we've gone through the alt-right and Donald Trump and, and this, you know, rising white nationalism in this country, um, I think he's just on a not normal trajectory, but it's it's just an amplified trajectory because it's because of his wealth and fame, and so many people are able to protect him. Yeah, and and, and again, like I guess it's 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 sort of the manifestation of this idea that like the real drive is always power and um, racism itself, right, and white supremacy itself is a vessel for power and and if you can find another way of of both gaining and then exercising that power fine right like it's it's sort of so so you know someone someone who is powerful and who admires other people who are powerful um i suppose you can say that you should kind of always be suspicious of uh of of their supposed um values that they might be you know presenting on the outside and um I, I guess like the other part of it though is is that i think what people probably don't know and probably you're more well versed in is the fact that at least since the 1980s there has been this culture of um of conspiracism like deep within hip-hop culture right and that yeah. there the the whole bill cooper um fascination uh that that began right in the 80s and the way yeah. that sort of the Illuminati and all this sort of thing has sort of entered into hip hop imagery. Um, when you look at someone like Kyrie Irving as well, uh, it seems that there is a connective tissue there, right? That there's, or, or even like B.O.B. Um, and the flat eartherism and all that sort of thing. Yeah. That, that there's this thing that we don't talk about because we just, as a culture, like do not talk about black culture in the mainstream anyway. Um, and that is kind of coming home to roost in a, in a sense here with, with Ye. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. So your 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 point sort of your your thesis in this piece is that we this is 
um, not over, that it's, <laughs> that it is, that it needs to be taken a lot more seriously and that, you know, people aren't because we suck at taking things seriously. And instead we're like, oh my God, he said he loves Nazis. Oh, well, let's move on to the next story. Um, what a, what a, what a, what a weird day on Twitter that was. Yeah. <laughs> you know? um, so let's, let's, let's talk about how serious Dick Fuentes actually is. Uh, he is not very good at staying on platforms. Um, <laughs> he, <laughs> he just, he does not break through to the mainstream, even in the way that someone like Andrew Tate did um, in, in terms of like, I haven't seen him interviewed on CNN or anything. Um, so like, how is he like, where is he? Who's watching him? And like, how big is that audience really? Zoomers and Zoomers watching him. Um, and, you know, I mean, he'll pull like 10,000 people or something for a stream. It's like he's like tons of people, but it's like, his target audience, you know, I mean, Tate's target audience also isn't on C- watching CNN, but like Nick's definitely isn't. Right. Um, right. <laughs> Fair. Yeah. Um, but, you know, the concern with Nick, a lot of it is like, he is, it's not like, my concern is not like, oh, Nick Fuentes is going to become like vice president of this country or something. My concern is that somebody who, um, has been influenced by Nick Fuentes will become vice president of this country uh, because his name is pretty toxic. And he talks about um, often, I mean, I, I'm, I cannot prove it with like concrete evidence, but I know for a fact from my time undercover that Matt Gates, um, like there are people that are fans of Nick Fuentes in Matt Gates's orbit to say the least. Um, and because my job was to recruit Matt Gates into this caucus, this white nationalist caucus that um, someone I knew wrote. And I, I knew why I had an in to be able to get to Matt Gates, and it's because they knew people on his staff. <laughs> and so it's already happening, you know? Um, and so people right. who are getting their information and their way of thinking from Nick like, that's the concern. And it's what his goal is. Like, his goal is not, I mean, he would love to be president. But what he talks about as his goal is, like, I, like, people who are influenced, like, he's always saying, like, people in the right wing grew up now, like, who are now going to be entering politics, grew up in a Nick Fuentes right wing. They grew up with my beliefs permeating, you know, how they process the world. And he's right. Because even if you don't necessarily watch Nick, maybe you follow a groiper or a former groiper um, on TikTok or on Instagram. And they might have personal beef with Nick now because that's how people work, you know. But they still have all the same beliefs. They still have the same delivery mechanisms, you know, and they're still on the platforms. And so it's not just that Nick himself is like a direct problem, but like indirectly his influence is a huge part of like right-wing online culture for Zoomers. And I mean, like it was really weird to me the way people brushed off the Kanye stuff because he is, I I mean, I think he's the best producer that's ever lived. Um, and he is, you know, one of the most influential and famous hip hop artists in the world. <laughs> like it doesn't really matter. I mean, if you've got that, you have influence. That's it. That's the end. Like, I people saying, oh, people take Kanye seriously. It's like people have been taking Kanye seriously for like 20 years. Like, what yeah. have you heard Blueprint too? Like, come on. <laughs> like, <laughs> what? <laughs> Very bizarre reaction from people. Yeah, there's also something insidious, I think, about the um the language. So I I listened to the Alex Jones interview a couple times and some of the other ones that lasted a few seconds before, you know, um, the 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 you know, before they were they were kicked out or the ones that were just yeah you know, didn't weren't quite as comfortable. Um, but I you know I, I one of the things that when he talks about when he says like I love Nazis I, I think there's something really um there's like a there's like a double dog whistle thing happening there right which is which is I, I think one of the things that a lot of the mainstream media missed <laughs> among other things. Uh, so, so what I think is interesting and sort of alarming is when he says that, it reminds me, and I know you have a, a background in you know Christian fundamentalism, so you probably are familiar with this, but like, you know, when Christians say, I love, I love transgender people, I love, you know, 
the gays, whatever. Like what they mean is that they 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 wish to convert them and bring them out of their so-called sin, et cetera, et cetera. Right. So that love comes with a kind of a <laughs> uh, depends on who you're talking to. Right. Sort of caveat um, in terms of what it means. And when I hear him say, I love Nazis, I kind of hear him hiding behind that rhetoric. Right. Where he's you know what I mean? Yeah. Have you been following the Yeah is Right campaign? Because it sounds like you have been. Yeah. I mean, that's like that's what their videos are saying. Like when they go to these schools, you know, like that. That's it. They're literally explaining this to people and people still aren't getting it. And I feel crazy watching it. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And the other thing it reminds me of is kind of the is also using the same kind of template as the uh, the Blue Lives Matter thing. Right. Where you are creating a sort of false equivalency. Where, where he's saying, I love Jews and I also love Nazis. And someone's like, oh, I get it. So what he's saying is like he wants to redeem everybody and make them all see the light and, and live together in peace, love and harmony. And you can't do that until you recognize someone's humanity, which sounds good on the surface. But then you're like, well, wait a second. But like being a Nazi is a choice and being <laughs> Jewish yeah. usually isn't. I know that like there are some people who convert to Judaism, but like by and large, it's a culture and an ethnicity that you're born into in the same way that like being black is not something that you like. It's an occupation that you choose to do right when you are an adult, um, the same way that being a police officer is. So it seems like a lot of these kind of the way that that Nick and Ye are exploiting a lot of these kind of um, talking points that we've allowed to fester in our culture without really taking any sort of critical look at, right? That they are taking advantage of that um, in some way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's also, and I mean, like, um, so Richard Spencer held a Twitter space right after that Kanye, Alex Jones interview. And he was like, like somebody came on and like was like, but you know, oh, they love everybody. And he's like, okay. But he's not saying like, I love like, Maya Angelou, like I love, like whoever. <laughs> He's like saying I love Hitler. Like, come on, buddy. And of course, you know, like right. Spencer doesn't have a background in religion. He's a noted atheist. And it's like, right. I mean, if Richard Spencer's calling you out on your shit, like, come on. <laughs> you right. know, like right. because it's also a choice to be like specifically like I love Hitler. Like, and not just I love Hitler. Right. There's a lot of things to love about Hitler. Like, oh my God. <laughs> well, he- he invented highways, Amanda. Like that's, and microphones. Come on. Have you, you ever used a highway? Have you ever used a microphone? <laughs> that was Hitler. He, you know what? He invented the internet. Like, why not? Yeah. Let's go. Yeah. We know that was Al Gore. Where did this fucking he invented highways thing come from, by the way? Oh, it's a common thing. But how? Why? Um, This is actually one I'm not so versed in because I... I personally okay. think it's like a bad... I think it's a bad argument no matter what. Like, even if he did invent highways, he was a fuck. Uh, right. <laughs> have you ever been on one it's awful but i'm pretty yes. sure what they're referring to is like it might be like the concept of like the very high speed highway and the designing that went into that like was done around the time that maybe i don't even know i don't know but, but yeah. it's like such a bad argument anyway because <laughs> cool he invented the place where you can sit for an hour and a half and move three miles that's great good job yeah. guy. It would it would be on brand because highways are super racist. Um, so you know, <laughs> he invented a great way to raise a black neighborhood. Good job, Hitler. <laughs> Thank you. Um, you alluded at the beginning to the fact that there are some new developments in this world as of this week. Um, so what what's going on? Well, as you mentioned, uh, Fuentes <laughs> bad at being back on platforms. Twitter gave him his account back, kept his little blue check, which is not paid for it. He was truly verified. Um, And then he had a little space and he was like, uh, not only is Hitler pretty chill, but also uh, Ted Kaczynski is great. Uh, Love that guy. And then he tweeted something where he was like, here's how the Jews are controlling the, the right wing media. And then his account got nuked. And he was like, why did this happen? And it's like, well, because you... Uh, praise the Unabomber and uh, Hitler, I think. And then right. posted anti-Semitism on Maine. I think that's probably why. So so he's back on the platform. But at the same time all this is going on, so the day my article dropped was also the first day of the hashtag yay is right campaign, which is being done right. by people who are on Nick's platform. So because Nick is banned from everywhere, he had to create his own streaming platform. And now he has other streamers come on it. Um, so a couple of these guys went to uh, Florida Atlantic University 
and they set up a table just like Steven Crowder has where he's got a stupid little thing where he's like, whatever, change my mind. There it says, hashtag gay is right, change my mind. And they sat up in front of the Hillel office, which first of all, they're like, oh, we didn't know there was a Jew thing there. It's like, yeah, you probably did. Okay. I'm sure you mm. did. <laughs> and, you know, it's, it goes exactly the way you think it would go where students come up and they're like, um, mm, this guy likes Hitler. Probably can't change your mind if you still like him after he likes Hitler. And then they're all, and then the, the guys are like, why are you always talking about the Jews? We're not always talking about the Jews. And it's like, well, you know, when someone loves Hitler, like that's the predominant thing people are going to remember, of course. And they know this. Um, so they were there and they were like, we have 10 more schools to go to. So they went to this week. I know they went to Bama and Florida State University. And I think someone knocked their table over at Florida State University. So hats off to that person. Very funny. Good. Was it Jesus? Go. Yeah, <laughs> let's do it. He likes to do that. <laughs> right. So, um, so they are now going to these schools. I think they got kicked out of Bama. Um, and just, you know, like spreading, spreading the message, which is really not spreading the message. It's just harassment. It's a harassment campaign meant to intimidate and make people, especially, you know, Jewish people, uh, uncomfortable and unsafe. Um, speaking of that, you also uh, draw attention to the Students for Yay um, organized. Is that what it's called? Did I get that right? Students for Yay. Yeah, yeah. 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 Um, which uh, seems to be kind of infiltrating um, young Republican, college Republican organizations. Um, what is their deal? Uh, how big are they? Are they are they really to be taken seriously? Sure. So, um, so much like the regular GOP has had a fracturing where you have like the MAGA wing mm -hmm. and then like, I don't know, like Liz Cheney, I think. Um, like <laughs> <laughs> and Adam Kinzinger. Yeah. 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 Um, and just like the Libertarian Party has been taken over kind of in the same way with a lot of Libertarians leaving because now it's, you know, they're like MAGA lunatics right. um, in charge. You can actually go win elections now. Yeah, yeah. right. As a Republican. So who cares? Yeah. Right? Um, the same thing is happening at college campuses. So there was um, a national like there was this huge scandal where basically everybody was voting on like who would be like, you know, the national level in charge of the college GOP. And they changed the rules last minute and campuses that they knew weren't going to be like into the MAGA stuff. They like didn't give them the new rules in time. It was a huge thing. So now what you have is like a fracturing where you've basically got a spinoff group. Um, these like college Republicans United who are uh, if they're not run by Nick Fuentes or America First Movement, they are certainly deeply influenced by it. And so all of those schools that have those branches are now, you know, bringing in all of this, you know, yay 24 shit. So they're bringing in Groiper speakers or um, they're like having, you know, Arizona State University's College Republicans United who brought in uh, Milo one time uh, for it was a big, big deal. They like already had a meeting where they're like, we're going to discuss the, the merits of, of becoming a yay 24, like students for yay. So I don't really know if they're trying to like spend it as a caucus or as a separate group. Now, the guys who founded Students for Yay are like nobodies to us. But the one guy, Daniel mm -hmm. Schmidt, very bizarre. He So he wrote this like article about the struggles of being white. A white man. It's very hard. It's the worst. The worst thing yeah, that happens to really be hard. a white man, especially in Thank America. <clears throat> yeah. And so, yeah. but then <laughs> for some reason, Tucker Carlson called this guy up. And then this kid interviewed Tucker Carlson. I got him shocked. <laughs> this kid, but this kid interviewed Tucker, not the other way around. Right. For 40 right, right, minutes. Right, right, right. Yeah. It's such a bizarre, yeah. weird interview too. It's like extremely weird. I, I, I've wondered if like, I mean, I have, this is like speculation. I like watched it and wondered if this kid knows Tucker's son because Tucker's son is pretty young. Oh, and I'm like, yeah. I, or maybe his son told him because I am just like, because yeah. I think Tucker's kid just got engaged. His son just got engaged. So he's like a little bit out of college. And this kid's like, I guess, 1920. And it's like feasible they know each mm. other through like young Republican stuff. Cause like when I was at, when I was undercover as a Nazi, like everybody I knew was across the country. Like I didn't. So I'm like, maybe because that's how networking works, but it's it's such a weird interview. Um, and then like he gave like an Eagle Forum speech, um, which was also bizarre that it happened. So he's got connections. Um and I don't know if he's throwing it all in the line. Like, it's not like Eagle Forum has come out and been like, we condemn these actions. It's like Tucker Carlson has come out and said we condemn these actions. In fact, Tucker Carlson ran cover for Kanye West by editing his interview yeah. to make him sound like normal. 
Um, yeah. you know, yeah. well, <laughs> yes, <laughs> yeah. relatively, right, right. Even then, <laughs> yeah. right. It yeah. was so bad, but it was like not yeah. <laughs> my friend's kid Less is a bad, secret like been. ghost stalker. Yeah. <laughs> like, yes. Um. Yeah. So this kid has like some connections, and when uh the space was on, so we had the inaugural like the first ever like space Twitter space for students for yay. And um, some kid from Westchester University chimed in and was like, I have like an upper position in my uh, school's GOP. And then he was like talking about people that he knew. And I'm, like, I checked this kid out. And unfortunately, I didn't record the space, but so couldn't go in the article. But like, I checked the kid out and he's like legit. And it's like, he's, he is exactly who he said he was on that space. Um, or he's running a very, very convincing Twitter dupe <laughs> and aligning mm-hmm. it with a, an Instagram account with photos. <laughs> Um, so yeah, it's like pretty alarming that this has been able to, to kind of move because they said that their goal is to target Turning Point USA, which is supposed to be mainstream, um, and to target the kids (laughs) there. Right. Right. Yeah. Target the kids at Turning Point USA events or at their Turning Point USA clubs and like get them to support. Yay. Um, and so I think it's feasible they could do that. I mean, not for all, everybody, of course. but for some, I mean, you know, I think it's like something to remember about the right is that just like on the left, we have people who are like, if you don't support Israel, you're anti-Semitic. I mean, that's like, right. that's what the ADL counts as anti I mean, by the ADL standards, I'm an anti-Semite, right? Because, you know, I yeah, support Palestine. Sure, sure. And right. on the yeah. right, you don't have people generally being like, I support Palestine. But you do have people being like, like, fuck Israel versus like, let's give Israel a lot of money and care about them forever. Um, and I think <sighs> I think a lot of it just depends on how you feel about that one issue, because it's like if you are like, I don't know, you know, it's just it's it's hard. It's hard. <laughs> it's hard to say <laughs> who will fall for this and who won't. It, it sounds like I mean, now now that you sort of articulate all of that, I, it sounds that the real what's really alarming here is not so much like whether or not this movement is going to take over, you know, the quote unquote mainstream, right. but rather that we are at a point where this movement fits in so yeah. well, just barely on the outskirts. And so, like, it's kind of like what you're talking about is happening with the GOP. Um, you know, it's not as though uh libertarians are joining the you know entering into the gop because they're like we're going to reform the gop to be more like us it's like oh no now they're more like us and so we can just keep pushing even further out um and 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 that's sort of what's what's alarming about it not that it's like this outside group who's trying to reform anything but that they're like oh now we have a willing audience and we can push the overton window um even further even further out right by by kind of latching on yeah i mean when you think about like um Stuff that like Christopher Cantwell, who uh, people will remember yeah. as the crying neo-Nazi from Charlottesville, used to uh-huh. say on his paywalled <laughs> podcast, some of those are now mainstream GOP talking points, particularly what he used mm-hmm. to say about uh, especially transgender people um, and gay people. And and it's just, you know, like we shunned him from society. We completely removed him. Nobody <laughs> knows or cares about him now. Um, but politicians get reelected. So right. I think, you know, the the goal of moving the Overton window, uh, they hit it. Yeah, and I guess that's a good lesson that we will probably not learn uh, when it comes <laughs> to, I mean, I, I, I think deplatforming is important, don't get me wrong. And I, and I think that, um, you know, it has a uh, some degree of efficacy, right? And that we should deplatform Nazis. I, like, I, I'm all on board with that. But the idea that that's going to solve all of our problems, uh, you know, is sort of... Um, not the case <laughs> yeah yeah it's, it should be step one not step right. all <laughs> like yeah right. um I, the last thing i want to ask you is your perspective on like what nick fuentes wants um like what exactly and i think this is one of those things that the far right doesn't really want to talk about so much because they i think they all have different visions and they don't want to admit that until they start coming after each other which we're starting to see more of now i think right that like I really enjoyed, for instance, the uh, the Ben Shapiro and um, uh, Crowder Crowder uh, fallout. This is great, like awesome. Yeah. yeah, go ahead, go after each other. Fantastic. Yeah. yeah. Um, but like Nick Fuentes is pretty explicit about his worldview. But as you kind of point out, he also sort of makes these self-deprecating jokes, and it's kind of difficult. Like that's that's by design, obviously. So it's kind of difficult, I think, for 
uh, kind of a lay person to figure out exactly what his worldview is and what world he wants. Um, he did obviously make some headlines for saying like, if you're a Christian, you shouldn't be in this country. And like, of course I believe that and blah, 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 blah. Um, but like, what would his world look like? Does, does Ye ex- live in this country in like in his, in his final solution? Like what exactly is he trying to do? Yeah. I think that uh, his like dream world would be so first, like <clears throat> Nick Fuentes has always hated Jewish people more than anybody else. I mean, for years when he was on nationalist review with James also back in 2017, he was even back then saying like black people wake up, look at what the Jews have done to you. Like, you know, we should all be united in this and because always had friends who aren't white. Mm. Um, and he's also like a really big fan of Kanye West. I mean, for years, like he's right. talked about how big of a fan he is. So I think there's always a place for Kanye in uh, Nick's America. Mm. Um, but, you know, I do wonder like when it gets, you know, if he, if he was elected into a position of power and you go fast forward 10 years, like how would things be? And it's a little hard to say. I think that um, being, you know, like, Hatred for Jewish people has got to be high up there on the list over race. But I, I mean, he wants, he says he wants to like, okay, if you're black uh, and you're already here, you can live like in this part of Chicago, which like it's, that's like where you are. Um, but everybody has to be Christian, you know, like that's right. the rule. Like you can't be Muslim. You can't be Jewish. You can't be anything but Christian. Um, and, and so I think, I, and I think he would probably have to, figure some stuff out for himself too. And you know, like I've known a lot of racist people in my life just personally. And a lot of what you'll hear is like, oh, black people are like, whatever. Like I, they're like, I don't like them for whatever reason. But my friend Joe is black and Joe's pretty cool. And like, I think Nick is a big, like I know, I know guys who like are like, I don't have black friends because I don't like black people. Right. He's not one of those guys. (laughs) Um, And I think he's always a little like starstruck by like, even by like, I think by Sneeko, who was this big time YouTuber um, who got deplatformed because of his association with Nick. You know, I think he was like, man, this like Sneeko is black. He's not white. Or, and so I think Nick was a little bit like, he really likes Sneeko. I think he's like, oh, it's pretty cool. This guy has got like mainstream, you know, he like flew out to visit Andrew Tate. Yeah. Um, yeah. He's like doing all this stuff and he wants to be my friend. I think he gets a little starstruck there. Um and so I think I think he would have to do some self-reflection. But ultimately, America needs to be a Christian nation, I think would be like the first thing. And Jewish people have to go, um, I think would probably be the second. <laughs> or maybe they would be, you know, intertwined into one. Um, and then, you know, he's talked for years about how he's got this crush on this girl who's Asian. Um, and he'll even be like, but race mixing is, you know, bad. And so nothing could ever happen. He's like willing. I mean, I don't know if he did have a chance with this girl. She like was like in beauty pageants and stuff. Though they do know each other through Republican youth activities, um, and there's like photos of them together and stuff. So it's like he might even have a chance with her. Who knows? Or maybe he does, and he still is just like you know. But race mixing is bad, um, and so he is like willing to make like personal sacrifices. But I don't think he would be willing to put Kanye West in the chopping block. Yeah, and it's important to point out that like you can be racist in both of those sort of articulations. Like you can be racist and be like, I will not be friends with black people because I don't like black people, and be racist and be like, I will make exceptions for people who who empower me, right? And, and who I'm like, yeah. this person, this person, this person count, and everybody else is uh, still falls under the same umbrella. I think as a society, we're like very bad at you know we 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 so often let people get away with it. Like I have four black friends, and thus I'm not racist. Um, yeah right excuse and like understand like both of them are racism yeah because this is this is an exercise in power like that that is um that's the primary motivation although it does seem like there's a different sort of um um sort of voracious element to it when it comes to anti-semitism and like jewish anti-jewish racism where where it's like no i will not be friends with any of them and um, well it's, it's an Nick interesting is friends with Nick is friends with laura loomer and he'll talk about her and he's got a oh, jewish well, girl yep. using his platform and yep. um you know he'll joke about like oh she's she's he'll like she'll send him money like during super chats and he'll be like oh you know thanks for the shackles and i'll be like just kidding we love her we love her and um <sighs> You know, it's like it's so fucked up. Yeah, did you know, Loomer like pretend to pretend to convert or something? I did. I did. I imagine that. I thought. Oh she... no! I 
but it wasn't yeah that was for a different thing it wasn't for nick <laughs> oh, okay okay all right sorry i get my grifts all like you know <laughs> yeah well she's done a lot of stuff yeah that's true that's true um, with her big tits and ashkenazi iq yeah well which i is a thing that she says to men to get them to like her sure there's like a video of her being like trying to convince people that she's a she's like a good jew she's like you know i've got big tits and ashkenazi iq and that's why people are jealous of me yeah laura loomer probably needs a lot of therapy i think i think a lot of these people do and also i I also want to point out to anybody listening that like again the grift matters more than anything else almost all the time right like as long as you can carry (laughs) as long as you can keep influencing and making money and convincing people um you can you can bend all sort of uh you can go through all kinds of um logical uh backflips <laughs> well and like also like make so work. when i was undercover one of the guys that um so like one of the guys that i was undercover like hanging around he I was friends with like somebody close to nick um almost scooped myself and he used to talk <laughs> a lot of shit about laura loomer he would do podcasts about mm, like laura loomer right. and guess who's friends with laura loomer now uh-huh yeah Mm, Uh they are and Uh it's like there's no way she doesn't know because this guy is like writing articles you know and like she shares those articles now but some of the times in the past they were about her so (laughs) if you could do that personal kind of stuff where you're like yeah you know yeah you you can do whatever yep um okay cool what a fun talk conversation this yeah, was. Yeah, it's always fun when I come on podcasts. <laughs> no, it's good. I, I um, I, this is one of those things again. Like I told you that I, I, I talked a little bit about this in my in my recently finished master's thesis, and um, uh, I think it's important. I, 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 I'm very, I've been very frustrated for the last couple months about the way that this has been covered, as I am with most things. But I think this is one of those, um, that's one of those issues that kind of comes to the radar then disappears immediately and everybody kind of laughs it off and kind of moves on with their day and i think that's um a tragic mistake so uh yeah. i think it's important to talk about it even if it um you know I and mean, we can laugh at these people to some degree um because they're losers at least there's that um anyways uh stick around for a second after done recordings i want to ask you something else off off off, sure. off air as it were uh just a fun <laughs> just a fun personal thing so before we go, uh, you got a Substack and all that good stuff. So why don't you tell people how to support you? Um, because you are not you are not paid by George Soros, and um, you you do not make lots of media dollars. Uh, so go ahead. Yeah, yet you um, will soon. I promise. Oh, we can talk about that when this is over because I got I got a lot of complaining to do. Don't worry. Um, don't that. Yeah, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I am no turtle soup 17 on all platforms at Substack, Twitter, Mastodon, Tumblr, Instagram, Facebook. I don't know. Whatever people are using, I'm there as no turtle soup 17. Because nobody's going to be impersonating me. (laughs) I'm not dealing with that. (laughs) So I parked myself everywhere. Nice. Good to talk to you again. And, um, see you again sometime.